Good evening. It's Harold Johnson in Vernon, B.C. at uh, 7.45 on Monday, the 31st of July. July's done. Summer's pretty near over. Well, not quite. Three quarters. Been a pretty warm one. Well, not too bad. I mean, 90s, basically. That's pretty... Pretty, pretty normal for the Okanagan Valley here. I mean, I expect in the next few days it should be closer to 100, because it always does every year. The first month in August, there'll be a couple of days at 100 degrees. <clears throat> and then, for some reason, right after that, boom, 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 cool starts to cool down. And pretty soon, you can just feel the fall. <laughs> it doesn't take long. And mind you, you know, this the Okanagan Valley is pretty good for that. I mean, it stays, you know, normal years at the end of September is still nice warm weather. <coughs> and uh, so, I mentioned to somebody today, I said it's, the, it's July 31st. I said, I've seen quite a few of those, 89 of them. I said, how many have you seen? <laughs> well, I said 93. <laughs> Good grief. That's a lot. Who would have thought? I mean, I never thought that I'd... I mean, I didn't have a clue how long it was going to live anyway. No. The uh, life is certainly a, a strange thing. <clears throat> you know, the things that happen during your life, I imagine it's recorded somehow. Everything, everything I ever did is recorded. Everything you've ever done is recorded, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not. So can't, can't ignore it. When the time comes to give an account of ourselves, we'll just have to say, yeah, that's true, I guess. I did that, and I did that, yeah, I did that too, I guess, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the thing that's, that's going to be boy, glaringly right in our face someday. Everybody, you know, the, and then the judgment. <laughs> yes, uh, I guess if you've taken advantage of Christ's offer, you might pretty well off or you know you had an out God did give you an offer an out and he decided that before the world ever began the word of the father decided that he would be sacrificed for the sins of the people that he was going to create and he agreed to that can you imagine that kind of a meeting You're going to create a bunch of people and a race of people and we're going to try and see if they're going to be good enough to live forever in a kingdom with us in eternity. And you know perfectly well what you're going to create. We'll have to have enough free will to do whatever they want and they'll have a tendency not to want to do the right thing. And as such, then they will be guilty. And the penalty of your law is death. That means 
if that's the case, then there wouldn't there wouldn't be any people to have a kingdom with, because of all they've all sinned. They've all sinned and have the penalty of death on them. There's no person in this world that doesn't have the penalty of death on it. The only out is that Christ said, "Okay, I'll die in their place and pay for their for their uh, breaking the law." And to those who believe that I've done that, they will get a, they will be given a, they will be given a pass to the, the resurrection. They will be resurrected. And they will live in the kingdom forever. That's basically what they've said. Now, you know, it doesn't take much to look around and think, well, there's a ton of people, and it's getting more and more. You know, when I when I was growing up, I never heard about uh, people who poo-pooed the church and religion and God and Jesus and stuff like that. They didn't do that. You know, that was not considered very good and they believed that it was wrong to do that. <clears throat> not now. Now they just do whatever. And they're proud of it. You know, people do things and they say, I'm proud of it. Even if I'm, I know I'm doing wrong. Even if I know that I'm going to die from this, I'm doing it because I'm proud of it. And God says, pride will kill you. Pride goes before a fall. And that's, who hasn't seen that? To know that that's true. You know, the pride of the United States, for instance, is way overdone, has been overdone. I'm sure that basically that's going to be one of the reasons of their downfall. And uh, people and there's people, certain people have pride in their heritage and stuff over above other people. That's not going to fly. The uh, the world is, you know, being populated by, I'm, I'm guessing, but according to what I've read and seen, it's, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to say it's close to 100 billion have actually passed through this age. And uh, that's a lot, of, a lot of people. Mind you, a lot of that I don't know how many will be, there'll be those who are so corruptible and so incurable, what's that, that's not the word, uh, well, you know, I, I don't know what, incorrigible or, forget it, I can't think of it, oh, anyway, that God is going to have to just let them condemn themselves. And that is going to be a lot of people because they're getting to be more and more. I mean, just the simple fact 
uh, believing God and Jesus Christ is if it appears that it's not so much they don't believe in him they don't care about it they don't care about it doesn't matter who cares just ah that's just BS that's just whatever they, they throw it away they just forget it don't want to talk about it if you bring up you know just try it sometime if you bring up anything that sounds half religious and you, you say uh, you know, uh, saying the word Jesus Christ to some people just sticks right on their throat. They can't say it. They don't want to say it. They do not want to say it. And remember, Jesus has said, plain and simple, if you're ashamed of me, I certainly won't be bragging about you. I'll be ashamed of you to my father. And... Uh, so that's one thing I've often thought about is there's certainly no reason to be ashamed of uh, believing in the creator of the universe. That is plain and simple. And, uh, you know, I, oh, no, I, I won't do that. And uh, I, I know there's others that will, though, and, and do. I'm, I, I worked for a company in, in, in my younger days, 20, 25 years old, and this guy was working there too, and uh, his name was Paul Bursniak. <laughs> we called him Paul Bunyan, because he was a strong, really strong guy. Nobody, scared of nobody. And uh, we were pretty good friends, you know. We he tried to we'd be fighting and wrestling, not fighting mad or nothing, just wrestling like guys do sometimes. And he could never pin me down or do anything like that, you know. And, and yet he was a strong martyr. But anyway, we we were buddies, not not buddies, but pretty good friends in a way. And. He uh, worked for this company for a while, and a few years, I guess it was. <clears throat> he married this girl, and she was a, a waitress, and she was a big girl, you know. And but she was good looking, and you know, pretty sharp, and whatever. And uh, <clears throat> he quit, and he bought a hotel in Mirror, Alberta, and I never could figure out how he swung this because where did he get the money from to do that and how did he what kind of a deal did he make but anyway he bought it this motel is sitting at you know it looked it reminded me of the movie uh, giant remember that where this big house sat out and that thing all by itself nothing around it that's how this hotel the three-story hotel and, you know, all rooms, 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 upstairs and everything. Bar downstairs and kitchen and there was not, not a restaurant, restaurant or anything, but <coughs> the, uh, the bar was his main business and rooms. I used to rent a room going there from Stetler, Alberta and back to Drayton Valley. I'd stay overnight there for six bucks, eight bucks a night. He was renting rooms. <laughs> these big tubs 
I had cast iron tubs in every room. And we had beds, you know, that kind of went like this. But I mean, it was okay. Anyway, I pulled in one night and uh, stayed there and I'd come back in about four or five o'clock at night and I said, well, I'm going to stay overnight home in the morning. So I stayed there. When he closed out in the bar, I went in in his quarters and we sat there and BS for a while. And I said to him, uh, where's Jean, his wife? Oh, he said, um, she got uh, mad at me and she's up in the, up in here somewhere. I don't know what floor she's on or whatever. I haven't seen her for two days. And I said, well, what the heck happened there? Well, he said this guy came along uh, two nights ago and uh, I kind of knew him and he was uh, wanting to talk to me about something, sell me something or whatever it was. And uh, after the bar closed, he had a couple, you know, he had a bottle of whiskey, came over in the quarters and we drank that up and whatever. And, and finally he left. And Gina and I went to bed. And he said, uh, we went to bed. And the next thing you know, he said, well, you know, we started having a little sex and whatever, and he said went on and on and on. And finally, uh, his wife said to him, uh, "What's the matter? Uh, why can't you? Uh, why can't you come?" And he, and he said he blurted out, "He said I can't think of anybody I like." <laughs> she uh, ticked him off and kicked her da 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 flew out of the room and went upstairs and he hadn't seen her since. And I thought, what a thing to But you know the trouble with that is, I mean maybe women don't like to hear this, but men do think like that sometimes. You know, not, not to be mean or anything, but they do. <laughs> oh, terrible. The other thing is, he sold that hotel, moved up to north of Drayton Valley and, and Entwistle and bought a, actually a nicer hotel. And he moved in there with a different woman and whatever else. And when I'd go up there to visit him, he'd take me down to the basement of his hotel and bragging about, see all my big fish nets and he had, had hanging on a wall. And he'd take these nets out in Lake Waterman and he'd fish illegally with nets for whitefish, and we do it. All of a sudden, one spring, the boys, uh, guys there phoned me and said, <clears throat> well, uh, Paul died uh, the other day. He drowned in Lake Wabam. And I said, well, what the heck is he doing? Well, him and another guy were out fishing before the, before the season started, and he said, uh, Either they fell out of the boat or did something, but they got all wrapped up in the net and they drowned. They drowned in their own net. Now, I wonder, you know, I wonder sometimes why that kind of death happens. But I remember one time, him and I were out in the oil field in the afternoon. We were on this site, just the two of us standing there. We got talking about things, you know, like sometimes do. 
and we're talking about, uh, I think I was talking about religion and stuff like that. And uh, for some reason it got around to the point, he said, well, you know, I'll do whatever I want. And I'll, I'll uh, challenge God to come down and fight me. I'll fight him anytime, right here if he wants. And going on with that, I thought, that is not a good thing to be saying, challenging. And you know the thing about it is, I've often thought, God doesn't have to reply or do anything instantly. He's got all the time in the world or whatever. He can wait 500 years and then do it. He can wait five minutes and do it. Now, I, for some reason, have a feeling that that was the retribution for him, challenging and, uh, you know, uh, that's not that's not worshiping God. That's that's um, challenging God. That's you know a bad, very bad thing to do. And I thought maybe that was your retribution for that. And that and that I I I kind of believe that. I'm a proof of it. But I have noticed that happening to people sometimes. If they do things like that, that things really do happen to them. I know there's other people who have done things too that I've seen and they have suffered later in life and stuff, and I mean really suffered. Like, I mean, I couldn't even believe how bad they were suffering. Just like hit with everything under the sun. And uh, I don't know. So getting back to the getting back to the offer. The offer that God has for the people of this world. He says, if you believe my son came to this earth, that I sent him down here to die for you so that you could survive and live in my kingdom forever. And if you wanted to do that, you will be you will be saved for that purpose. Now you know when you think about it, <clears throat> this uh, world as God created it and recreated it has been going on for about approximately six thousand years. I don't know. According to the Jewish calendar, I think it's pretty darn near 6,000 right now. But the uh, the thing that's happening in the world is falling right in line with everything that the Book of Revelation talks about. I mean, if you you can read this Book of Revelation over and over and over and try to keep it clear in your mind when these trumpets go off. When the four horsemen go out, when the, uh, the bowls come out, and the uh, uh, trumpets, bowls, uh, what else? Anyway, there's about three or four things that go on and on and on until the seventh trump. And at the seventh trumpet, that is when Christ 
lands back on this earth. And it's done. It's finished. Tribulation is done. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned this before, there's so much written in there that, per, you know, uh, sort of uh, pertains to the, the uh, Israelites and the family of Jacob and, of course, you know, Abraham. But a big, uh, the whole thing seems to revolve around that, even the city of God. You know, it really makes me wonder if if there's more to it than a person realizes, and uh, because God does not operate like we think, He doesn't operate that way at all. It's going to be very interesting, but it's also going to be very, very not just scary, it's going to be total, total, total whatever, but it's, go it's going to be either really good for some people and really bad for some people. And that depends on which side you're going to be on. And if you're alive and breathing, you still have a choice to make. And if you all want to make it, nobody can stop you. Not even God. Anyway, that's all I want to say tonight, but I want you to think about it. You know, these people go around and say, oh, I, you know, I've been preaching to people and I get saved. I want them to get saved. I got saved. So I don't believe any of that. God's the only one that can save anybody. No one else can. And he's got a plan for every single one. He says he won't lose one. He'll sift them right out of the nations, he says. He can do that. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. Everything, all-knowing, everything at once. Knows the beginning to the end. All of everything always existed, always will exist. Total power. And I think we're very lucky that God appears to be a very just God. And uh, that's a good thing. Or we could be really screwed. <laughs> anyway, I I hope that things work out for you. I hope the uh, the end result of your life on this planet will turn out good. That would be the whole thing. Eh? And there's only one way that will happen. Is if the creator of the universe looks after you. And he said he will. If you Believe him, believe what he's done, believe what he said, believe, believe his son. His son has now all power. He's the judge of the he's the judge of everything. All judgment has been given to him. All. So 
we have to realize who he is, who Jesus is. He is the actual judge. So let me leave that with you. Mull on it. <laughs> it's something to think about. And it's uh, decision day is coming. There's no question about it. Can't avoid it. And you may as well be on, I guess. If you're on God's team, you win. If you aren't, you lose. Whether you believe it or not, that's not going to change anything. That's the way it's going to be. Anyway, I better stop right now and say thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. If you want to subscribe, I'd appreciate that. I should have said that at the beginning. But uh, anyway, God bless you, and we'll see you later.